Welcome back, Pals of Green Gables. I'm your co-host, Alicia. And I'm your co-host, Nicole. And this is Gals of Green Gables, an Anne of Green Gables podcast. This week, we'll be discussing chapters 29 to 32 of Anne of the Island. Is that right? Yes, that okay. is. I don't have any major, major life updates or funny stories, so I guess we'll start with how are you? Good. I don't think I have any either. This is the issue when we actually get a recording going every week. There's not enough that happens in between weeks. Mm-hmm. Friday in my class, well, in the other grade one classroom, we're having Mario Day. Okay. Which is a made-up day <laughs> that we made up where everything's just going to be Mario-themed. That's fun. Can yeah. I ask why? Just for fun. Because <laughs> we think that children need some fun. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just all going to be, like, we're still going to do the normal things we do. It's just going to be Mario themed. They'll like that. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Except you'd think because there's a movie out, there'd be a bunch of Mario things in stores. Mm-hmm. There's not. Oh. And, like, we could just call it Mario Day and do Mario-themed things. But it's also fun to decorate and be able to give them things. Yeah. So I've been making us posters. And I have, I've made, like, a design for, like, a crown that kind of looks like a Mario hat. It's just, like, paper. And the kids will cut it out. And I've made, like, cut out, like, paper triangles out of my card red cardstock and put M's on them and taken ribbon to make like a banner like bunting. Wow. Classrooms. And I might cut out mustaches for them too. And that's everything I did today. Wow. That's a lot of prep for Mario Day. Yeah, because there's two classes. I did two of everything. Now, I know the kids will like it because anytime I draw anything, they're always like, wow, that's amazing. Or what what they like to say is, I don't like it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. When I have to draw things, which is quite often in grade one. Wow. That's very good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I don't have any... Mario theme days coming up in my you should do it in the lab. Don't tell them though. <laughs> Just show up with a bunch yeah. of stuff and on Friday like, and be like, you didn't know it was Mario Day. Be like, hello everybody. I've decided it's Mario Day. Oh. Yeah, no, I've been mostly like I don't even have any funny lab stories because my lab stuff hasn't ended like permanently, but has ended for right now. So I'm kind of just like doing a lot of excel spreadsheets at the moment doing data analysis so not not quite as fun i did a lot of gaussian curve fitting today but i have no clue what that is and i'm so glad i don't (laughs) it's like it's like the bell curves oh okay i've heard but anyway i have data i've got data that makes a gaussian like curve so i need to figure out what the height of the curve is and anyway i had to I have to say, I love people 
that make niche science technique YouTube videos. Okay. Like they have like 40 views on them. Like mm -hmm. I'm talking they're they're not like even third year university stuff. They're like niche graduate school equipment tutorials. Mm -hmm. And the people that make them are just doing it for the love of it. Like, yeah. It's 40 views. But when I come across one, they are so helpful. It's just somebody who decided one day they're like, I'm going to film myself doing this experiment. But anyway, that's that's kind of I've been watching a lot of those too. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, I had a shower after workout class, but I didn't put on moisturizer and it's bugging me. Oh, that's what I meant to get today. Shoot. Moisturizer, mm -hmm. I'm out. I'm very, I'm scaly right now because I'm out of, well, I'm out of face moisturizer. I just use this one um, that April recommended. I don't know if you're supposed to use one specifically or for your face. Oh, those is ones are like good for anywhere. It's just like the only moisturizer I have right now is like Bath and Body Works stuff. Oh, yeah. You don't want to put that on your face. That's not face stuff. Yeah, no, I use this oh, and then even body stuff if you talk to a dermatologist. Yeah. Every morning I use this right now, the Neutrogena Hydro Boost. Oh, I think I told you about that. Yes, my my mom actually got some. I'm very scared of face sunscreens because they break me out. That doesn't mean I don't use sunscreen. I just have to use mineral stuff instead of chemical stuff. Mm. So I have like a couple brands I use. So I'm I'm always afraid to try new ones, but yeah. riveting moisturizer content. <laughs> I love that because we like we could see each other through the video. I love like Alicia had the like, like oh yeah, they couldn't see anything of moisturizer to me as though it was like a YouTube beauty <laughs> tutorial. If anyone's wondering, it's the Lubiderm Unscented Lotion and the Neutrogena Hydro Boost SPF 50. Not sponsored. No. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess we should probably make the podcast. Yes. Okay. So uh, we'll start with our first chapter, which is titled Diana's Wedding. Very exciting. So this chapter starts with Anne and Diana moments before Diana's wedding. Anne and Diana reminisce about their days in Avonlea and are worried about the changes to come. Anne is Diana's bridesmaid and F Gilbert is Fred's groomsman. The wedding ceremony goes beautifully and after Fred and Diana depart for their new home, Anne and Gilbert go for a walk on Lover's Lane and Anne admits that with all the changes in Avonlea, she's starting to feel like a stranger. This is a nice chapter. It is. It's a relatable chapter with the end. I feel like yeah. what she says at the end is very relatable. Literally my, literally my only note for this chapter is gay question mark. Gay? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a specific point where I was, I was like, that sounds very gay, but I don't remember what it was. Let me see if I can find it. 
That is my beautiful bride to Diana. I don't even think that was what I had noticed. Uh, there's also um, Diana Barry will never kiss me again. Yeah, just a lot of it. Like, even as I'm reading back. Yeah. I do also find it interesting that, um, because I've never heard, and I'm sure this is a very old-timey thing, but I've never heard that you can't be a bridesmaid three times. I've never heard that specific thing either. No. I also find it interesting what Diana says about Anne being married and not going to be her bridesmaid because I feel now like people can totally be anyone can be your bridesmaid I feel like yeah yeah no that's definitely an older older tradition I'm just wondering like if all if you're the last of your friends to get married and you don't have any younger siblings you just not get a bridesmaid and it seems like wedding parties aren't as big because Diana just has one bridesmaid it's just Anne yeah. Or maybe it's not as big of a problem, and maybe it's not a big deal not to have a bridesmaid. It might be. Because it does seem like, like, as you said, it's just the one. And it kind of sounds like, may- maybe it doesn't, like, she's going to be Phil, Phil's just the one as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's that was the common thing, to just have one bridesmaid. As opposed to, like, I feel like some weddings now have, like, eight. Yeah, some people have a lot. I feel like three to five is very common. Yeah. Yeah. Like, thinking of my mom's wedding, I'm pretty sure her bridesmaids, one was her best friend, who I'm pretty sure was already married, um, and then her best friend's daughter, who was, like, eight. Those were her bridesmaids. Like, I mean, that's a pretty... Like not super traditional wedding party in general. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like that would be very uncommon at this time. Yeah. I a think married woman and a child. My understanding is that my mom and dad only had one one each. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also interesting because my mom has six sisters. So I feel like when you have, and it, her bridesmaid, her bridesmaid was not one of her sisters. But mm-hmm. I feel like when you have six sisters, you can kind of do that. Like, it's probably better to just say no sisters. Yeah. In the wedding party, then. Because then you have to commit to a big wedding party. You do. But fun fact, my mom's bro- maid of honor and dad's best man, they ended up getting married to each other. I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe they're still married. Yeah, I think I think they're still married. So it wouldn't be as nice of a story if they were. No, it wouldn't be. Yeah, they don't give us much description of the wedding. That's what I was saying. Like I the chapter title not what I was saying, what I was thinking. Because the chapter title is called Diana's Wedding. But you don't really know what the wedding's like. No. Just they don't even really have a description of her dress, I feel like. They describe the veil, kind of. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the only thing is they say is poor Fred had a very red face. Mm-hmm. And then Diana walked up uh, in her father's arm, which makes sense. And then they marry. 
made merry and left. Mm -hmm. Do we think, I guess if they're old friends, do we think it's okay that Anne and Gilbert went on an evening walk after a wedding in Lover's Lane when they are both seeing other people? Anne seems to think it's okay because they're both seeing other people. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those times where Anne is, I don't know if unreliable narrator is the right word. Like, I'm not sure Anne is totally thinking this situation through. I feel like if you asked Roy or Christine, they would not be okay with that, mm -hmm. even at this time. Mm. Especially because Gilbert, like, proposed to her at one point. Yeah. Like, it's it's not like they were never potentially romantically involved. Yeah. And I feel like it's well known that that happened as well. I did find that walk kind of interesting. Because, like, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, I don't know, maybe it is Nicole, what do you know about the ending? Oh, I'm pretty Seriously. sure that Anne and Gilbert end up getting married. No, I'd be it, very surprised if they didn't. It doesn't seem like either of them really care right now. Yeah. Or they're both seeing other people. I don't know, did you think that way too? I think there's a lot of repressed caring. Yes, that's why, because that even says, like, something about her and Christine not being kindred spirits or something like that. It does. I'm surprised there's not more, because I feel like every time since Roy, or not even since Roy, since she refused Gilbert, Gilbert has been part of everything. There's been, or, like, Gilbert has come up in a scene and she's seen him, like, at the party at the dance. There's been some sort of mention that Anne is having feelings still but then they go on this walk and there's no mention of that at the moment no it says something about it being nice that it's like old times again walking with Gilbert or something like that yeah but nothing else I just thought it was it was kind it didn't really fit what we'd been experiencing so far and what is to come I just thought it... I agree with you especially because it's like the lane is called lover's lane there it's the first time they're alone together am I correct in this is the first time they're alone together since the proposal yeah um and there was a wedding like like love is on the mind mm -hmm. but anyway Yeah, the whole chapter seemed just slightly off. Like, it wasn't as descriptive. It seemed like something, like, they just wanted to get over, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Though I will say, like, it does, like, Gilbert is saying stuff absently, and she says, oh, I wonder if he's thinking about Christine. And I wonder whether that's, like, like, that could be some, because we don't get Gilbert's point of view ever. So Gilbert could be feeling things, but I don't know why Anne isn't at the mm -hmm. moment. 
anyway, yeah, it's interesting. And then it takes a hard, a hard turn. Are we ready for the next chapter? Okay, chapter 30, Mrs. Skinner's Romance. This is a fun chapter. I liked this chapter. Um, in this chapter, Anne arrives for her teaching placement at the Valley Road School. She is picked up by Mrs. Skinner, who tells Anne about her recent courtships and how she had to choose between marrying a rich man or a man that loved her. She married for love and tells Anne that she doesn't regret this decision. Hmm. I know. Um, perhaps some foreshadowing here. I guess my first thing is I wonder if we'll see Mrs. Skinner ever again or if she's kind of an Antitosa one-off character. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Though she makes more sense to me than Antitosa because she's telling a like she's telling a story that kind of mirrors a decision that I'm assuming Anne is going to have to make at some point. Mhm. Mm yeah, even the fact that it says, um, although maybe not exactly, I'll probably cut this out, but it says, well, Anne says, why didn't you marry him? And she says, says, well, you see, he didn't love me. Because the first thing I was, oh, she didn't love him, just like thinking back. But no, it's that he didn't love her. And I feel like the, like, we keep getting that, like, Gilbert has expressed that he loves Anne. Mm. Um, and I do think Anne loves him, even though she hasn't admitted that to herself yet. But that doesn't quite match up. I don't know. Would you say Roy loves Anne? I don't know. We don't, like, Roy seems to be, I guess, kind of flat person. I don't know, because I don't know if Roy doesn't love Anne. Like, like he does send her a lot of, like, he does make a lot of grand gestures. I'm not saying that that necessarily means he's in love with her. No, I was thinking also, it seems like they spend a lot of time together. Yeah. But I don't so we can think back to like the orchids of an example of maybe he's trying to woo her, but does he really know her? Yeah, I wonder. I think Roy thinks he loves Anne mm. and thinks he knows who she is, but he likely doesn't, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like we don't know a lot about him as a person. No, we don't. No. Which is maybe on purpose. Likely. Because I feel like if we'd known, if we knew more about him as a person, then you, like, I don't really have strong opinions on Roy, if that makes no, sense. No, neither do I. Like, I'm not sure he's meant to be somebody you love or hate. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of in the way, if that makes sense. Yeah. I had some idea, I don't think this is a spoiler, because I don't remember why I thought this. I had some idea that you weren't supposed to like Roy going into this, because I knew this character was coming in. 
Braille Gardener from that um, YouTube oh. adaptation of Anne. And maybe it's just how they pro portray him in that is why I'm thinking this. Because he really hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah, he's kind Probably of... Right for each other. He's kind of different from, like, if you're thinking about other sort of classic books that have a big romance arc, usually I feel like the other person that the heroine sort of falls for before they realize they're meant to be with this other person is usually not like everybody can see it's it's not good for whatever reason like you think of um oh gosh Wickham Pride and Prejudice I forget what the Sense and Sensibility guy's name is Willoughby yes Willoughby so yeah it's it's interesting that like he just kind of seems like he's there Mm-hmm. My my other quick note on this chapter, I just enjoyed um, as they're driving by the like boarding house or not the boarding house, like the house where Anne's going to board. Um, I think Mrs. Skinner is trying to say quite pitch picturesque, but like she's in the like her a lot of her dialogue is written as, to portray some sort of, I guess, accent. But she says quite picturesque, mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of fun. Those are my only real notes on this chapter. Yeah. I think that's about it for me, too. Like, it was kind of fun, but... Okay, so chapter 31, Anne to Philippa. This chapter is a letter from Anne to Phil. Detailing her experience in Valley Road, Anne likes Janet, the lady with whom she's boarding, despite the fact that Janet has called her a redhead. Anne also hints that uh, Janet is in the midst of a mysterious love affair. So the chapter kind of starts out with a description of Janet, the lady Anne is boarding with. I believe her last name is Sweet. And also the, the house she's boarding in. And I only really have one note about that. I was curious. Uh, Anne talks about a picture that's hanging in her bedroom of Robbie Burns standing over Highland Mary's grave, which I'm assuming Highland Mary is Mary, Queen of Scots. I could be wrong. Um, but they describe Robbie's face as, oh gosh, Lugaburius, maybe? Lugaburius? Anyway, I looked it up. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that word ever before, and I probably absolutely decimated that pronunciation, but it apparently just means sad and dismal. Okay. And I also, sorry, if 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 you have notes, you can go in. I, I just had two notes. I also looked up coffin plates because they, um, in the description of the house, uh, they say that there's five coffin plates on the mantel sill. 
Uh, and Anne is kind of disturbed by this. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, I'm assuming coffin plates are not a good thing. But uh, so apparently coffin plates were like metal, like brass or tin plates that they'd like kind of, they kind of have the same information you'd have on a headstone on them, but they'd be attached to the coffin. But apparently, according to the Wikipedia page on coffin plates, because um, I was curious, I was like, if they're supposed to be attached to a coffin, why are they in the living room? But apparently it later became a thing to, before the burial, remove the plate from the coffin and keep it as like a memento. I don't know why that would freak her out so much. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I, I do understand Jan like having the coffin plates on display for Janet's mo father, mother, brother, and her sister. I could see how maybe having like, I don't know, I the hired man who died here one di died either in or near the house, I guess, maybe if they were very close to him. It seems like a weird memento to have from somebody who isn't like a direct member of your family, but maybe he di maybe he didn't have a family for the coffin plate to go to, and they kept. I assume it's because he died there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you would think as somebody who was like living and growing up at a time where death was ever present that that wouldn't freak her out as much. Yeah, so I guess the only other quick thing which I mentioned in the chapter summary is there is Anne talks about being a part of what does she call them? Oh, this is maybe kind of rude. Elderly love affairs. All these people, as far as I know, are in their 30s or 40s. And it's not even that young. No. Right now, she's like 20, 21, right? Yeah. That's too young to be calling someone in their late 30s or 40s elderly. Unless they're like, uh, no, honestly, no, I just think she's <laughs> wrong. So anyway, apparently Anne has a knack for making elderly love affairs work out, as she calls them. Uh, why does she think so? I'm trying I to think of the marriage of Mr. and Mrs. Irving. Are they elderly? According to her. Okay. I mean, they had, when they got married, they had a, like, Mr. Irving had a kid of about eight years old. <laughs> so we couldn't have been that old. I would say mid-30s. Okay. Um, and then she also mentions that we don't have, like, we don't have any ages for these other people. Um, she mentions a couple of love, af love affairs that she helped orchestrate that we don't know anything about. Um. Hmm. I don't know. They could be quite elderly, but I, based on what she's calling an elderly love affair, I would say no. So anyway, she hints that there is a, um, that Janet is involved in some sort of love affair, but we don't know who that is with yet or what's going on. So, okay.
Ready for the next chapter? Yep. In this chapter, we find out more about Janet's love affair. Anne is in introduced to Mr. Douglas at a prayer meeting and notices that Janet likes him a lot. Anne and Janet are invited to tea with his mother, who is an elderly and sickly woman, but seems to adore Janet and says that she will make a good wife for her son. But when, but when she mentions this, Anne notices that Mr. Douglas looks pained and Anne feels that something isn't quite right. The name Janet makes me think of the good place. It does. Janet sounds too modern, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like the name of, like, a 40 or 50-year-old woman now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. More so than, like, a really old-fashioned name. I feel like you don't meet a lot of kid Janets now. I don't know any. But older names are starting to come back around. Or even names, like, long names that we grew up with lots of kids with that name. But they would nickname them. And now they're not. Oh. I'm seeing a lot of that. Like, see, Charlotte isn't a good one, because I feel like I knew a lot of Charlottes that went by Charlie's, but, like, a lot of, you're talking, like, Elizabeths that don't go by Libby or Liz, they go by Elizabeth? Yeah. Or Lizzie. Lizzie was the common nickname where I was from. Yeah. Or even, like, think, like, how many Maggies? Not so much in Ontario, but I feel like you probably grew up with a lot of Maggies. Oh, a ton of Maggies. Very many Margarets? I knew one Margaret. But now I feel it like stuff like that, like Elizabeth, Margaret, uh, names like that kids had but were nicknamed. Now they're going by like the long name. Wow. Yeah. No, that's neat. Or like Samantha. That was a really common one where I lived. No one went by Samantha, though. They all went by like Sam or Sammy. Yeah, I don't think I know any Samanthas that go by Samantha. I don't even think I know any Samuels that go by Samuel. Yeah. And, or like Jessica. I knew lots of Jessies. And none of these names, like specifically, I'm seeing five-year-olds with these names. But this kind of vibe, you're it's seeing correct. five and six-year-olds with these names. Yeah. Because I feel like when I see, because I, I get the occasional baby naming TikTok. People are always talking about the nickname ability of names. Yeah. But it's interesting that you're not seeing as many nicknames. And maybe it's just where I live right now. But I, I feel like I'm seeing it more often than when I grew up, where everybody went by the nickname. Yeah. I personally really like nicknames. <laughs> I know. Yeah, see, our, I feel like, because your name, I guess, could go Allie, but Allie is another really common name. Yeah, that never, that was never, I don't think that's and a I natural guess, I guess, name. like, Leash or Leisha, but. No, I. Leash is terrible. I don't know why I said Leash. 
I knew a couple Nicoles that went by Nikki, but it was like half, I would say half and half Nikki's that were, their real name was Nicole and Nikki's that were just named Nikki. And then there's there's Nick, which I know some people do, but that Nick never I was I've never been anything other than a Nicole. Anyway, um, that was a fun little jaunt into naming trends. Um, my only note for this chapter is I don't trust John. Mr. Douglas? Yeah, I've accidentally read ahead, so I might not comment on a lot of this. <laughs> There's something fishy going on. Yeah, I really, like, they, I don't have a lot else to say about this chapter. The food seems good that they served at tea, other than cold tongue. Is tongue I know, out? yeah. I've eaten cod tongue before, but not not any other tongue. And I feel like cod tongues are a different type of tongue than you would get on a land animal. Yeah, I guess the reason I think there's something going on is because the... Like, there doesn't... Why hasn't John asked i know you can't comment on anything i don't even really know the answer i just know a little bit because i didn't finish the chapter at first when i saw tea with mrs douglas i was like oh this mrs douglas character is going to be real against janet and that'll be why this like can't work but as far as i can tell mrs douglas loves her Exactly. So why won't why won't he propose? I actually don't know. Fishy, 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 fishy. Because they're like they're talking about how like like Janet seems like the absolute model nineteenth um, century wife. Yeah. Is they say what does she say? Really good cook. Um, economical, cheery. Tolerant. I am none of those things. <laughs> I would not have fared well in this time. That's fair. I like to spend money. I'm grumpy half the time. I cook when I want to. Anyway. And you're not tolerant of men? No. (laughs) I'm 0 for 4 on that one. (laughs) Is that that our podcast for this week? I think so. Thank you for listening. That's our podcast for this week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can follow us at Gals of Green Gables pod on Instagram, and there will be more memes coming up shortly. Peyton's given us a couple more memes. Um, If you... uh, You can also email us at galsofgreengablespod at gmail.com. You can join us next week 
as we discuss chapters 33 to 36. And I would also like to say that we are going to have a special guest on next week. Peyton is back with us for her. Did she say these are her favorite chapters of the book? She requested these ones and the last ones she did. Okay, yes. So I assume they're good. Yeah, I think big things are coming. We're going to figure out why John Douglas won't propose. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>